it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So listeners, I'm talking to somebody up in Scotland and I will not put on a Scottish accent because that will be very rude and I'm no good at them. Um, but I'm talking to the lovely Peter Jenkins, who is in, well, I say in Edinburgh, it's kind of just outside, but I'm going to let him paint that picture for you. He's a copywriter. He's a freelance content writer. He's a guy that's basically obsessed with the power of words. So if you would like to know a bit more about writing and all that goes into that glorious subject, then keep listening. That's what I'm saying. So, Peter, it is a delight to have you. And you can explain a little bit better what it is you do and where you are. Hey, Trisha, thank you for having me on the podcast, first of all. Um, well, as you mentioned, I'm a copywriter and a content writer um, and I do some editing um, basically what I do is I edit people's web content, although I do work with other projects. I can work on offline projects as well. Um, people come to me if they're done, if they're like struggling with the words or, or sometimes if they just don't even have time to write the words, um, or if they just want that little bit of expertise, because sometimes they try it themselves and they can't, they can't quite get, get it how the way they want it. There's something to feel like there's something missing. So they come to me to just you'll keep keep things moving for them in terms of the content <laughs> yeah and and boy is that necessary because it is so easy to fall into a rabbit hole isn't it as a especially if you're on your own if it's if it's your business but also you know if, if you're running a bigger business that you know you have all these meetings trying to figure out this and you can just go further and further down that rabbit hole until you know words no longer seem to make any sense at all i remember being up i think it was three o'clock in the morning once when I in the early stages of setting up my business simply <laughs> trying to figure out three words that worked and I got more and more ridiculous and obsessive and I was comparing on all sorts of other websites and that just made it worse and I lost all sense of what the heck I was trying to achieve and of course I was tired <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so we need we need we need sometimes a really really nice guiding hand so um so you you're are you just outside edinburgh do you say yep i am i'm just not on the edge i'm actually near um the hearts football ground so if anyone any football fans out there will have a rough idea of where i am just now <laughs> I guess um, if I you're guess a fan, that's the other side of the city. So <laughs> that's a good picture. I guess it's a bit quiet. Um, we're, we're recording this, listeners, during the uh, well, let's just say during during the pandemic years. No, not years. Jeez, yeah. oh, let's let's say months, weeks. The year of the pandemic. Um, okay, sorry, sorry about that. During the pandemic years, that's that's not good. Um, so we're recording it at a time where obviously football's not being played, is it? Yep, that's it. Um, yeah, it's very quiet on a Saturday. I can actually hear the um, I can hear the football matches from my um, you know, from my flat. Um, 
I've also had the fortune or misfortune, depending on how you interpret it, of hearing the Spice Girls because I'm live, because I'm, <laughs> because I'm close to Murrayfield as well. So I've heard a few concerts. <laughs> Robbie Williams put on a great concert a couple of years back. <laughs> I could hear him clear as a bell, but the, the acoustics on the Rolling Stones were terrible. I couldn't hear a thing. Very disappointing. <laughs> they need to find oh, some new, <laughs> new sound technicians, please. <laughs> Oh, as you can already tell, uh, listeners, Peter has an absolutely, not only a brilliant sense of humour, but a instant, look what happened, he instantly painted pictures. And this is what people who are good at words are able to do so well, because he, he just did it instantly without even being asked. There we go. So you've now got this great picture of where he lives and the, the sound of the, you know, uh, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, um, coming out through the Murrayfield Stadium. This so you didn't just um, get here by accident, did you? So this this whole language and words thing, how, how did this evolve? Well, um, as it happens, I've always I've always been into I've always like like reading, like from a very young age. My mum used to tell me stories, read stories to me, the famous five and the secret seven, those kind of stories. So um, I grew up like enjoying words, but. Um, I was hoping I turned out to be like, really good at languages. And um, before I became a copywriter, I was a translator. Um, I, did, I did German and Spanish at university. Um, and one day I just, well, it, as it happened, um, clients were just starting to ask me to translate websites for them. I mean, I, I translated all sorts, but I started to like, work on websites for people. And I thought, you know, we were in the time of the recession and I was looking for an extra way, well, we all were looking for ways to make money, extra money, um, extra, um, uh, better service, well, not better, um, offer new services. And, I started, and one day a client sent me a website, asked me to translate the whole website, and the copy was gorgeous. <laughs> it really was, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> and when, you, when I was translating, it's always nice to actually nail a translation, like really capture what the original text wanted to say, but I was just like, so just typing, and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> quite like this. I wonder, I wonder if there's a way to do this, or maybe I can do this. And then I started to think, is there a way? Like, is it like, um, is it like a science? Is there a specific way to do it? And I gradually started to investigate copywriting and really get into that way. I started to, um, you know, I took an online course, a distance learning course. And it wasn't online, it was distance learning. Um, so I just got the course notes delivered to me and I would just bash away with them. And I'd just send an assignment at the end of the, at the, end of the module really. And I'd have a tutor who would just like, just re re reply to me. Um, and I just tried to read as much as I could about copywriting books. Um, I was up <laughs> pretty late some nights <laughs> with, with copywriting books, uh, proper nerdy stuff. But uh, there I was, you know, just bashing away and just trying to just, learn as much as I could. I'm pretty much self-taught. I just keep reading stuff and doing courses, that kind of stuff. Well, that, I mean, but that is, that is how you do. Yeah, that is the perfect mix because the reading thing is, is crucial. And I know, and I don't want to sound all school marmish to my, to our listeners, but for goodness sakes, you've got to read. And even if that reading is, uh, even if it's magazine articles online, even if it's 
newspapers, uh, children's stories, um, anything. Just just read. You know, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to read the whole of the Hobbit or you know Lord of the Rings or whatever. It, 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 uh, find something that. I mean, I'm not. I love reading. I've got thousands of books, but my husband can kind of devour them. Um, which just reads really quickly. For me, I've got to be massively gripped in the first few pages to have the to to get pulled in enough to really go for it. And I and I tend to end up reading lots of nonfiction. Um, and then I and then I tell myself, oh no, you must read some fiction because that's where all the sort of magic gorgeousness is I do love the way you use gorgeous yeah. I, I just love that <laughs> I'm a bit of a fan of gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous so you can already hear listeners that the enthusiasm and passion that Peter has for words and language and 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 clearly you found out and and also the fact that the way he got good at it was not only the reading but also this and the online distance learning thing and all this, but also just um just practicing and would you say peter that you know people who are out there thinking oh no that's it i've never been any good at writing what, what would you say well I, well yeah well i'd really just uh, i'd agree with you tricia when i first started copywriting um i didn't have any experience um it was actually <clears throat> at the time it's it's a tough market to get into there's no you know when well you know i think any career is kind of quite tough to get into if you've not had experience um, and I was just trying, I didn't have any experience. So one day I just thought, okay, well, if no one's going to give me the experience, I mean, I did get experience in the end, people did give me a chance. I did a few um, kind of like voluntary projects, helped a few people out just to get a bit of experience. But I was thinking at the time, if I've got no experience, if no one's going to give me it, I'll go and give it to myself. So I started my own blog. And, <laughs> it's a, on, um, and then, so you just got to give, it gives you the chance to practice writing. Um, so if you've got no experience or if you, you feel you're not very good at writing, um, just start up a blog, you know, you don't even have to, people don't even have to read it. You know, you can just do it for yourself because some blogs, you know, you can have a private, you can have a private post function. So you can just keep practicing and you don't ever have to worry. You can just like kind of publish it for yourself and you don't have to worry about people reading it. Um, and if you're on LinkedIn, I would say, um, and again, if you feel a bit nervous about um, writing, I would just say keep practicing posting, post every day. Because um, the only way you're actually going to get any better at it is if you keep doing it. Um, and the thing is, you know, you won't always, you might not always notice the impact, but it is, you will be, you will be getting better. Um, there's no question of it. You might not, you know, see, you might always not always see the results, but they are happening. That's one of the things I've learned about LinkedIn, actually, that, our um our posts have more impact than we actually think um we you know we just because we don't see lights or we don't see many comments it doesn't mean the posts aren't actually doing anything for you and um, i've had um message like private messages in the past saying oh, i really enjoyed this particular post or, i enjoyed this particular video because it made me do this or i just felt better or or something like that it inspired me to do something that i might not have well that i didn't want well i didn't do before such as make my own video or or write my own posts or something like that so don't always think that because you're not always seeing the full impact of something of your own words that they're not having an impact there will be somewhere i absolutely promise you that 
<laughs> oh, that's that's a great message, Peter. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's so easy to get pulled into the trap of think of worrying about the numbers and the likes and all the rest of it. You're absolutely right. I've had direct messages as well. People have who who might not have actually responded. Some people don't want to respond publicly, and you know they might you you know. So just bear exactly. that in mind. You yeah, you, you're so right to remind people of that. Keep bloody well doing it. And it's interesting you mentioned about volunteering at one stage to do some writing. That's another, I, when I was at uni, um, as a mature student, I, I love saying, I love saying <laughs> mature student. Um, so I was at Bournemouth Uni uh, quite, you know, in my 40s. And I, so I was doing communication and part of it was journalism in the, in the final year, one of the modules. And um, I took on a voluntary assignment with Relate, uh, the marriage counselling people. Yeah. yeah, and I rewrote their sort of little handout leaflet. And it was, you know, I had no copywriting sort of certificate or whatever. Um, and the, the, the brief was really to write it in, in a way that people understood, just real normal language. And that was that I loved I loved doing that and so it was a real flexing my writing muscles exercise and they loved it and yeah I didn't earn anything by it but it, you know this is these are the kind of opportunities that you can offer your services for maybe yeah exactly and like uh, I'd also like maybe like to, well I would like to add that if, if you don't feel you don't know anything about writing then you can always just uh, go out there and, and learn a little bit about it and give yourself that little bit of confidence. Because mm -hmm. sometimes it's just about confidence, just have, and courage, just having the courage to just put yourself out there or backing yourself up with a little bit of training just to, you know, just to, you know, really just to learn how to write. Um, yeah. And, and it's interesting because I think what happens is, you know, when you're at school, do you remember back, do you remember back to your English lessons at school? <laughs> do you? <laughs> um, Yes, well, you're not as old as me, so. <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, did so you like? Some stuff stands out more than others, so <laughs> let's see where we go with this. Did you? <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you uh, well, I'm I'm making the assumption that you went to school, of course, Peter. Which, <laughs> but, but going going from that assumption, yeah. do you remember um, writing sort of imaginative essays? Um, imagine it. Yeah, we used to do like a little bit of uh, creative writing. We used to do like kind of narrative. Um, we did some poetry. Um, did you like to, it? Did you like it? Some stuff I liked more than more, yeah. more than others. Yeah, some 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 projects I liked more than others. Um, I think we had to. I think we had to write a horror story at one point, or some kind of horror story. This is going back. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're really testing me. <laughs> and I've, I've, <laughs> that's really quite mean, isn't it? But that, for some reason, I've got a really vivid, vivid memory, and I'm desperately old, you know. But I've got a really strong memory of being quite young and writing um, a completely free-flowing, imaginative um, essay, uh, fiction, and loving it because there was no, there were no rules attached to it, and. I simply walked into the door in my head, which had imagination on it, and just let it let it flow. Now, whether 
whether when I was at school that there was maybe maybe there was an opportunity to do these kind of essays more more than there were in later years actually, which would be quite funny. Um, but I just remember having that opportunity and absolutely loving it. And I remember, uh, I am blabbering on here and it's meant to be you talking, not me, but I just, I just finished this thought, okay? <laughs> I, I remember the process of literally walking in, as I say, to the world of imagination, not having any rules. I didn't even know where the story was going to go. And I just literally put myself in the picture, in the scene, in the place, felt the feelings, felt the environment, and and let it happen. And and I, do you ever do that? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, when I'm when I'm copywriting, I'll I'll um I do try and picture what the customer might, or the potential customer, or whoever you're trying to, you know, your target audience. I try to picture what they might be trying to feel or what they might be feeling um, when you're reading, when they're reading the copy or when they actually use your service or your product. I mean, fe um, feelings are important, aren't they? When it comes to this. Yeah, important. And, and something else um, that I also try and think of is actually, well, yeah, I, I tend to think of, well, this is like quite a good hack actually is um, if you write for somebody specific and um, you're trying to like think who's this um, you've got like I don't know a buyer persona something like that you know who you are we want to buy so aim these raises at men over 50 or something like that and you try to think how would this person like me to write or how should I sound um, you can actually just think of somebody you know or think of somebody famous that you know that kind of roughly matches this kind of description of your target audience and then take it from there and that that kind of brings you can start to envisage things or well visualize a little bit more how your copy might how your copy should sound how they might respond what they might think uh, when they when they read it um yeah yeah, I like I mean, that. Uh, really, yeah it is getting it is so that is the, in, the, in in that respect that is the world of imagination because you are literally sort of putting yourself into that other person's head and imagining how they might feel, think, respond, and all of those things. So this brings us on to quite an interesting thing. There's a couple of, couple of things that I'm desperate to get onto, so I'm gonna stop blabbering <laughs> on about my days at school, for goodness sake. <laughs> right, so one of them is this tone of voice thing. So interestingly, you've got to, listen so if you're so if you're writing for a client obviously you've got to listen to them very carefully and you might be asking them for uh, something that you would perhaps describe as a tone of voice document so you would hope that they had figured out how what their voice is their their business voice their brand voice their that the way they want to come across in their words etc in that you're going to write for them but equally you could turn that around and say well if you want to work with a copywriter with a content writer you should have one of these tone of voice documents to be able to hand over in the initial stages of discussion you know so the, the, this person gets a sense of where you're where you're at and taking that one step further we were talking before before this that 
actually that could be a useful exercise to do anyway even if you weren't at the moment ready to be able to work with a copywriter just to try and slightly objectively think about your tone of voice i'd blab it on make sense of this for me peter <laughs> well yeah exactly it's really just a chance to just focus on like how you want to sound you know how you want people to perceive you and how you're going to use language to do that um if you're if you're a company of lawyers if you're a firm of lawyers you, you might want well i'm just assuming but you know there are <laughs> depending on the company you might want to sound more serious because you don't want your um your, your clients to think you're you're a bunch of clowns they, you, you want them to think that you're going to take their problems their legal issues or whatever strife they're going through you want to you want to, them to know that you're going to take it seriously or whereas if you're um a toy company or something like that you might go something for a little bit more fun um well I, i'd imagine you should do actually if you're a toy company to be honest <laughs> um yeah it's just really a, just a guide really um and, and do, do yeah, people not... actually come to you with specific words that they like using um yes the the tend to like often there's often say like we don't want to sound like like this or we do want to sound like this um and depending on what they're selling they'll say we don't want you to use this word um for instance, if it's a holiday company, they might not like the term cheap holidays, enough, especially if they're a luxury holiday company or a luxury, luxury hotel or something like that. Because they, they know like words paint pictures. You know, they're aware of that. And you know, if you say, well, say cheap holidays, what do you think of? Um, <laughs> you know, especially if they're going for like a higher end client or somebody who's got, got a bit of money, they might not use certain, they won't want to use certain words. You could, um, and it's, as a copyright, you should check that. Um, and you'll save yourself a lot of time as well. The more you ask, how do you want to sound? And the more you look, the more research you do into, into the company and, you know, get an idea of how they want to sound. Um, it, it's quite interesting. I, I, in the, again, too, in the early day, I, I was just thinking in all that comparing, the comparisonitis thing, which is the, the unhealthy version when you first... <clears throat> when you, especially when you start up a business, you're looking at everybody else's websites and thinking, oh God, that sounds really good. That sounds really clever. I, I want to sound like that. And then of course you gradually realize that you, you shouldn't do that as such in terms of you becoming someone else. That's not a good idea. You should be you. But the healthy version of it is looking at copy and thinking, actually, I, I, I relate to that tone of voice that that is I, I that's kind of me and and learning from that and also the ones where you're saying oh geez that that's definitely not my tone of voice I, I must avoid that Do, so it is a really quite a strong response isn't it you get to that tone of voice oh yeah totally um you're like um you've got to think about carefully about your tone of voice like you say um you know, your, your clients perceive, um, well, your target audience, your clients, etc. They, they can perceive authenticity, um, authenticity. <laughs> um, as a copywriter, I should try and use something a bit more simple than, than, big, word, than big words like that. But how, how about real? How about real? That's a good word. Yeah. I use that quite a lot. <laughs> actually, actually, that takes us on really nicely to the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about. So, so all of this is going on and some people might say might end up being 
oddly brainwashed into thinking that they've got to sound a certain way because it's the way it's the cool way to sound so you get something like innocent drinks or whatever come on the market and all of a sudden oh yeah no that's the that's the new way isn't it i, I need to sound like that and they or, or they think oh i need to be very um edgy very quirky well now give us give us a bit of sensible calm on that one peter <laughs> oh the pressure the pressure <laughs> but um i would say like really you've just got to live when it comes to being well or being or not being edgy you've got to listen to your client you've got to be objective because um you know when you're starting out you know for sure if you're keen like i was you'll have read you'll read loads of copywriting books and you'll read you know, you read books by people like Sir John Hegarty and these kind of quite edgy characters, these quite disruptive characters that tell you to stand out, you need to be edgy, you need to be disruptive to get noticed. But your clients obviously want to stand out, but they don't always want you to be edgy. Um, so you've got to be objective when you go into that meeting with your client, just cast aside any notions of being edgy and just listen to them and listen very, very carefully. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, no, none of your clients want you to be edgy, but you've got to, you've got to be sure they want to be. You can ask them, how, how far are you willing to go? Like, how edgy do you want to be? Do you want to be edgy? And some will say, no, we don't want edgy at all because that's not what, you know, that's not what our audience wants. Um, you know, if you're at, I don't know, if you're at, like, tagging a project like, I don't know, life insurance or something like that, or I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, if you're targeting pensioners that might not like edgy words, you can't just throw an F word in because you might actually offend someone. You've got to have a point. If you're going to be edgy, you've got to have a point. Um, yeah, really, that's it. That's it. You've got to have a point. It's got to fit the brand. Uh, as I said, like the firm of lawyers, a firm of lawyers might not necessarily want to be edgy. It might actually um, put people off from uh, hiring the services. Can you, can you think of any really... Um... This is really putting you on the spot. Can you think of any current um, examples of, of brands, companies, or even businesses, you know, smaller businesses that you feel have, have really hit the mark very well with this, this kind of balance of, you know, this tone of voice, this consistent, this recognisable quality that fits what they're doing? Um, I think... Um... I'll say somebody like, um, I hate to sound a little bit biased, but like somebody like Iron Brew, because I'm up in Scotland, but um, it's a very fun, quirky sort of brand. Um, yeah. Quite pleasant, and the content's very pleasant. Um, to tell a little story, I mean, the well, they might not like me for <laughs> So, sorry, Iron Blue, but um, I did actually once retweet. Oh my God, I'm going to be sued by Iron Brew! <laughs> okay, I'll just leave it there. I'll, I'll no, no. No, as long as it's complimentary. Is it complimentary? Yes, it's um, it's well, actually a nice it. story. Yeah, it's actually a nice story. They actually did um, a, a fabulous piece of marketing. They actually um, I retweeted something that I liked. I just said, "Hey, everyone, I I enjoyed um, <laughs> I enjoyed this particular tweet. It was actually quite funny. It was um, do something different on Father's Day. Just add your dad on Facebook or accept your dad's friend, Facebook friend request. It was kind of funny, you know. So I retweeted this and said, "Oh, this made me laugh." And they actually messaged me and said, Pete, we're glad you're into, you enjoyed our tweet. Would you like some free iron brew on us just to say thank you? And will you just um, just put a picture on? Will you create a new tweet with a view with the iron brew and just tweet it? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course I will. 
<laughs> oh so yeah, they come, 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 I got a little bit of free iron brew out of that, you know, just, uh, and that was a, I mean, this is something I talk about a lot on, you've seen, you'll probably see me talk about this on LinkedIn about doing something for the good of doing something, not because you want something in return, but because you genuinely appreciate something. And somewhere down the line, it, it comes back to you. Um, it's not the first time I've done something like this and I've, I've got something nice out of it um, without even trying, well, trying. Um, you might have seen last summer, I, um, I went to the tailors, my local tailors, to take my trousers in. And when I got to the shop, um, you'll have to scroll through my post this. When I got to the shop, when I opened the door, the, the tailor was actually, it, this was the height of festival time. And the tailor was actually putting together an outfit for like, um, it's like some kind of actor or something like, like uh, doing some kind of like war battle reenactment. So he had these, all these kind of medieval soldiers gear on. Um, I said, I'd really love to take a photo of this. Um, do you mind if I take a photo, guys? Um, and I'll put it on social media. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. So the two, the two guys I just stood for the photo. I got a couple of photos. I, I whacked it up. I told my tailor, like, what, I'll take a um, picture of your shop as well. And I'll put it on social media next to the picture. And just as a thank you, you know, I'll mention your business just to say thank you for letting me have this photo and letting me publish it. Um, so I did that. Um, I said, and I went back a few days later, collect me trousers and had like, I don't know, six or 700 views on LinkedIn and had like 20 or 30 likes on Facebook as well. I said, look, look what happened. People like this picture. And he gave me some free tickets to a show at the festival. He said like, thank you for, for doing that, you know. <laughs> And like, I, I was like, <laughs> you didn't have it. to do this, you know, so you didn't it. have to do this. Oh, but. oh that's so good. And you've yet again painted, a, you, I was there, I was in that tailor shop just then when you were describing it. Um, and I've been up to Edinburgh to the festival about four times. So I was totally there in that picture you just painted. And listen, this is a good way to wrap up actually, because um, what, what that touches on is another really important thing, which is being what I was called just constantly curious. Yeah, totally. Um, as a copyright, you've got to be curious. Um, you know, your client is paying you to um, promote the product or they're paying you for, you know, they want you to write for some reason, they want you to achieve some kind of impact. So you've got to be curious um, in their product. You've got to be curious. You've got to be curious in everything, really, because you never know what kind of people are going to ask you to write about. So exactly. it does pay to be curious, you know, just, yeah. It's just something you've got to do. It's part of part and parcel of the job. And if you're not curious, you know, you might struggle a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And that applies to writing. It applies to conversation as well. You know, that people sort of sometimes say, oh, I never know quite what to talk about. I don't like small talk uh, at networking events and all the rest of it. And, and I say, yeah, but if you're constantly curious, A, then there's probably something in the environment, like you just picked up on, you walked into a tailor shop and there was this thing and you talked about it and the story unfolds. But also if you're constantly curious on a daily basis with the news or stories around you or what people are saying or, or earwigging people's conversations, which unfortunately I'm not able to do so much during this current pandemic, um, but I love it. Um, you, that will come into fruition because you'll just be able to pull on it to make the conversation interesting because you say oh i read about i heard about i was exactly yeah it's true isn't it yeah. exactly you know, i mean some of my own linkedin posts have been have just come from podcasts like some particular idea or some comment that's thought hey there's a there's a post in there something or something that i've read that's able to trigger a discussion um and I, I, one thing i like is actually 
find out what other people are curious about. It's something I've sometimes commented, I like find out about people's hobbies. People are like, why do you want to know this? And it's like, I just want to know what to be yeah, I just want to know. <laughs> exactly. I just want to know. That's it. That is a great place to stop this interview because we could actually go on for quite a while, um, which is the case with all my lovely guests. Um, and, uh, and then I say, well, you have to come back sometime, won't you? So for the moment, in terms of people uh, wanting to talk about working with you, where would you suggest they start that? journey where where do they where do you want to direct them to um i've got obviously i've got my website which is pdjcopywriting.co.uk um that people could just check out what i've done uh, for other clients in the past um check out my rates that kind of thing um and obviously i'm on linkedin i'm <laughs> yeah. developing a bit of a presence on LinkedIn you know? I'm yeah. never far away from LinkedIn <laughs> yeah absolutely well, I'll, I'll put those I'll put those links on the notes but you know look at look at Peter's website because the minute I saw it I mean his tone of voice comes through really well so he does practice what he preaches no question about it it's, it's beautifully written really really simple and really just the kind of language no fancy language just you really yeah i love it so it's a really good example so um so yeah do do get in touch with peter just connect with him on linkedin if, if nothing else and follow his fabulous posts and um and and all the pictures he paints and um and then um also take up his tip on tweeting things about big companies because you might get something free <laughs> that was not quite the tip. <laughs> the tip. <laughs> uh, um, I think you I, twisted that one a little bit, Tricia. <laughs> Peter, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great fun. <laughs> yes! Take action. Try this one small step. How about you do some writing? And really, really read it back out loud and think, is that my voice? Is that how I talk? And if it isn't, do it again and keep doing it. And like Peter says, you can write stuff, you can write whole blogs, you can write paragraphs, whatever it is, and you don't even have to show them to anyone. But just keep practicing that being you muscle when it comes to writing. It's the only way to do it. Just keep doing it. A lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe to the Real Resources weekly email because then you'll get to know when the latest episode is out. You'll get your extra little show notes and a free tip all things to do with being real in the business world. <sighs> I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Let the secret play.